Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Well, welcome to Kidney Talk, everyone. It's the holiday season, and you know, we need to figure out what we're going to eat and, and is it renal friendly and uh, or if it meets our specific diet requirements and there's so much temptation. Oh, I'm just I'm just oh, thinking about all the pounds that could be potentially gained or health issues that could happen as a result of it. <laughs> So today we're going to be talking to uh, Lubna Epkani. She's a renal dietitian and a transplant recipient and a friend. And we're going to talk about preparing and choosing good holiday food so we don't get into a place we don't want to be. Welcome to the show, Lubna. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love being on your show. <laughs> well, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the the elements that people who have kidney disease need to really pay attention to during the holidays. So for many people uh, with kidney disease, the holidays uh, seem to be very challenging. Uh, they remind them of happier times when they did not have to think about their health and were more able to uh, indulge in foods that were not restricted as much for them. So there is a little gray cloud that sort of comes over them. But uh, trying to avoid these tempting holiday foods is one of their biggest challenges, I feel, because as a patient myself, that was what I faced constantly uh, during the holidays. Well, and I know like, you know, salt is everywhere. And then, you know, you have all these different foods that are high in potassium or high in phosphorus and everything has cheese on it. And it's, it, it can be daunting because, you know, you go to a party and you're like, oh my God, I can have the carrot sticks and celery sticks. Ooh, yummy. <laughs> 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 I know. But there are other things, uh, Laurie, that you can choose. I'm sure there is. Uh, there are other things like deviled eggs are very, uh, you know, usually they are there on the, on the party table and you could indulge in that a little bit. But again, uh, moderation is the key. Um, avoid filling up on snacks as far as I, uh, I tell my uh, colleagues and my uh, uh, patients that come to talk to me, uh, I do tell them to have the carrots and the celery sticks because they are okay and uh, to go maybe for some low-sodium cottage cheese or make a good spread with some cream cheese and, you know, chives and things like that and put that on uh, Melba toast and maybe that could be something that one could um, enjoy. So, you know, there are there are healthier options when you actually look at things. Um, as far as the main course, I know a lot of people have issues with the ham and things like that. So choosing turkey that is not brine, that somebody has made themselves and used some healthier, um, you know, uh, spices and maybe condiments uh, could be a better option. So that's, that's my take on it. Well, but, you know, yes. Uh, it, it can get boring, but we have to think of ways of thinking of it as a positive. Well, you know what I always do? I always say there's so many people in the world that don't have anything to eat. 
And I know that's really difficult, but sometimes I have to just reframe it. Like, wow, I get all these choices and I have those at my disposal or I don't know if that's the right term, disposal, <laughs> have them ready for me. And, um, you know, some people don't, you know, they get an apple and they think it's a big deal. And so um, just kind of reframing how many choices we have. And, yeah, I may have fewer choices, but that's okay. Right. And a lot of times uh, you can have popcorn or a few pretzels here and there. Uh, make sure that you take out the salt while you're having it. You know, so try to make it a positive uh, and enjoyment, enjoyable uh event rather than be soaked in, hey, I can't do this, I can't do that. There are a lot of can'ts, but we can always uh, look at what we can rather than what we can't, correct? Well, exactly. And I, you know, I used to make um, green beans and mushrooms. That was always my holiday food choice to make. And I would use Mrs. Dash. And when I would make a turkey, I, you know, you get a fresh turkey because a lot of times the frozen turkeys and people have to check, they're injected with sodium. I don't know if people like know that, right? They're like, that's a preservative. And if it says phosphorus, it usually comes with sodium, correct? Correct. Correct. A lot of so again, when you're when you're going out to do the grocery shopping, make sure that you read what the ingredients are. A lot of them are pumped up with um, w- with uh, chemicals as well to keep the shelf life of that food. And so, definitely reading the labels and uh, trying to get the freshest possible is right. always the option. I know you just go and get a fresh turkey. I mean, you can order them from any place normally. Uh, it takes a little bit of planning, but it is basically the best. And and I still today when I make a turkey, I don't you know I don't put stuffing in it because you know that can make you sick, as people know. Because sometimes the stuffing's not cooked. I don't know if you you know a lot of people still don't understand that that's not very safe to eat right. the stuffing. I you know I stuff the turkey with apples and some yeah. seasoning, and you know it it turns out great. So Mrs. Dash, Mrs. Dash. <laughs> yeah, but. Mrs. Dash is uh, is definitely awesome, but uh, just filling the turkey with some onion, some lemon, some thyme, uh, you know, fresh fresh ingredients always imparts a lot more, gives a lot more flavor to the food. Some garlic, crushed garlic, you know, right. um, it's okay to use olive oil and you know lather it all up. Of, so so everything that drips from it also is edible. Then well, and cooking sherry. I don't know what it is, but I put cooking sherry a little bit on meat or turkey, and it, I don't know, I think it makes it taste better. <laughs> I think it also keeps the, keeps the meat moist, probably, because of the alcohol in it. Maybe that's what the secret is. Well, uh, so, you know, I've heard a lot about dialyzing potatoes and, um, and sweet potatoes. So do you, can you explain that method and what's actually happening? Sure. So what we generally uh, suggest patients do is just like how we dialyze patients and remove uh, all these, uh, the potassium and the sodium and things from your blood. Similarly, we, you can filter, that, that's a filtering process. Similarly, you can dialyze the potato by, by peeling them and then cutting them into whatever uh, preparation you're going to make. So for example, if you're going to make mashed potato, try and cut it up as small as possible 
soak it in water for about 20 minutes and then change the water a couple of times and then boil the potatoes at the end of it and uh, don't use that water again just remove that water now what that does is when you're soaking the potato the potatoes in water in cold water usually the potassium which is water soluble just leaches out into that water and changing the water and re uh, refreshing that water basically you're trying to remove more and more potassium from those potatoes to be able to make them now uh, maybe a lower or medium potassium food okay and so that's what double boiling basically does is first you soak them and you dialyze them and then you double boil them so that when you're boiling it you're removing more potassium out of them so uh, you know a half a cup for example of double boiled potato contains potassium but much less potassium like half a cup would have about 200 milligrams of potassium for example okay and so if you can stick to that half cup portion then you are fine because we generally say 200 milligrams or less is is okay for you to have as an option and are sweet potatoes less potassium than regular potatoes? No, unfortunately oh, not. Man. They are approximately the same, but you know, exact same thing can be used. The double boiling, the soaking can be used for the sweet potato and uh, you will lose you will lose some flavor of obviously because you are soaking them and removing the potassium and some flavor get leached out as well. But there are some recipes out there, like if you go to devita.com and you see, they have a very nice recipe, a very good recipe on uh, uh, sweet potato pie using the double-boiled uh, sweet potatoes, for example. Well, and there's so many recipes. If you, We have some on our site. Everybody is putting recipes up. Um, the problem is you have to be motivated to make the recipe and yeah. <laughs> go shopping for the food. And, and now I was thinking about, I'm like, you know, I mean, it, it takes resources to do this, but, you know, everybody delivers food now. So um, it's, it's really um, more accessible to get fresh fruits and vegetables and food with all the right. different services, although it can be a little pricey if you can't afford it, but, uh, but there's no know, reason. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Lori, I was at, actually, I was at a dollar store the other day, and at the dollar store, I saw that they had sweet potatoes. Oh, okay. They had like four of them for a buck, which is not that bad, you know? Well, and, the, and when you go to the store, you go to any little store, they always have things on sale that are seasonal. So right now you see a lot of pumpkins and squash and sweet potatoes. And uh, what about squash? Is that a good option? You know, usually we tell patients because, again, the potassium in the winter squashes are very high and you cannot dialyze those those squashes because as is this, you just can't soak it in water and let that potassium come out. Because it is, most of the squash is water-based. And so it is already in the water, um, trapped in the, in the food itself. So that is not going to be able to, uh, it's not a good option. Uh, zucchini is a better option than the winter squashes or the pumpkins, usually. And, w uh, and so when it comes to like cauliflower, broccoli, cauliflower is better than broccoli. Is, is that right? You know, you can have, in small amounts, again, moderation is the key. I know, moderation. I hate that Moderation. Word. That That is something that we all as patients, as patient advocates, as caregivers, 
all of us need to get that and as just you know people as humans we need to get that in our mind that moderation is the key to everything because if you do anything in excess you're just pushing your body to the point of no return well and that gets us down to what is actually a serving size it's not a big gulp right <laughs> no it's not. it's not a big gulp a serving size is not a big gulp <laughs> no it's not <laughs> a serving size would be for for fruits and vegetables it's generally half a cup okay and then if it's uncooked if it's uncooked it's about a cup okay and if it's a half a cup if it's cooked that's a good rule and so uh one of the things that's always tempting during the holidays, and it's with dressings and everything, but there's all kinds of sauces. And sauces are hidden little salt holders, right? Sodium. They are traps. They definitely are salt holders and traps. So if you can, like, for example, if you're making your own gravy, you can use those drippings from that fresh turkey that you just baked and make it without the salt, and you can add the flavoring like Mrs. Dash. You can add Mrs. Dash to add the flavoring, or you can have a little bit of, and, you know, you you just do without salt then. Now, if you do get in certain situations where you're trapped and you do have only those options of the gravies that are there or uh, sauces that are prepared, try to just have a small amount, you know, instead of lathering your uh, your food with that with maybe gravy. just a couple it's of dropping it all over the, the gravy, plate <laughs> right all over maybe just a couple of tea- tablespoons would would serve you better well and i don't know about you but if you know i've been guilty of indulging in too much sodium and i can feel myself swelling up at the table i mean you know you can start to feel your hands get puffy and it it doesn't feel very good so you know and then then if you you don't putting out any urine and you're on dialysis, I mean, it can, you know, basically harm you. <laughs> that's true. And uh, half the time, that's what happens. It's because all that salt that we eat, it goes both ways. It goes with salt as well as sugar. If you eat very sugary foods or very salty foods, you will have a thirst after you're done eating that food. You'll be so thirsty that you'll want to gulp down. Now, a lot of people who are on dialysis and on fluid restrictions do not have that um, luxury, as I as I say, to pick up a glass of water and gulp it down. Right. We we generally have to maybe take smaller sips of it and devour it over a long period of time so that we don't go over our fluid restriction. So it's best to uh, plan ahead of time and make sure that you have you have kind of a logistic as to what you're going to have and how you're going to maneuver yourself at the at the dinner table. Uh, let's talk a little bit about phosphorus because during the holidays, phosphorus is everywhere. <laughs> so right, um, and you have like a cheese platter, and you'd mentioned that cottage cheese is often a better choice. Is there like a cheese that's on? on display, because I don't see cottage cheese too much when I'm at a, a at a holiday party, that is lower in phosphorus? So brie is a good option. Oh, that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, brie is, uh, and, you know, around the holidays, they have these, uh, the logs of brie with uh, some uh, cranberry on it, and, you know, you get these different herb, herb-laced brie and things like that. 
So that's an excellent option if you really want some cheese on your crackers or something like that. Well, and it's um, and I know that this is preaching to the choir, but can you explain when to take your phosphate binders? Yes. The phosphate binder is the key to managing your phosphorus, as you all know. So phosphorus basically is an element that sticks onto your calcium and reduces the calcium, thus making your bones weaker. Now, phosphate binders only works in the stomach when the food is present in the stomach. So, and what it does is it binds the food. It basically breaks up into small little sponge-like characters, which only uh, soak up the phosphorus in the food and binds the food. So if you eat your binder after an hour of eating your food, that binder is not going to be useful. So you have to take your binder either before you start eating or you have it during your meal so that you capture the maximum amount of phosphorus or right after the meal. These are your three options for your phosphate binder. But it's very, very important to take the, to eat that phosphorus binder with your meal. Within 20 minutes, the food is already digested and the phosphorus is in your blood. So the best time to take it is either before you start eating or in the middle, if you cannot tolerate it, sometimes it does, if you're on an empty stomach and if you take a phosphate binder, there are certain phosphate binders that can give you a little queasy feeling. So I do tell my patients then, hey, you know, it's okay to have a couple bites and then take the binder or just take it immediately after you finish eating. But binders are very, very important. That is, that should be your, your, um, it should be in your purse all the time <laughs> or in your pocket all the <laughs> time. Exactly. You know, I use those little plastic jewelry bags. And Ooh, they're so easy. helpful to, you know, carry around. You could put them in your phone. Like if you have a little little um, cover on it, they'll slip in the little uh, thing that you lift up on the phone or put them in your pocket. Yeah, it's you, you have to figure out ways to remind yourself because um, if you go and indulge and forget your phosphate binders, then, uh, you know, you... you it, you can have some serious uh, ramifications later on in life because it's, uh, you know, it doesn't get you right away. It might make you itch, but down the line, it can cause some serious problems. And Yeah, because uh, as we have seen, research has shown that not only does it uh, weaken the bones, but it also deposits in soft tissue, like in your heart and in your, inside your veins. And, you know, it's just, it's a nasty, nasty thing to have. So you're better off just taking your binders every time you eat your meals. Well, and let's talk a little bit about fruit because we talked about vegetables, but, um, you know, I love cranberry sauce. That's like my favorite. A little bit of turkey and cranberry sauce and I am, and I like to put that, and this is good, I like white bread better than mm. wheat bread, which I guess okay. it doesn't really matter, but I like turkey, cranberry, and lettuce sandwiches. <laughs> Um, after Ooh. after the holidays. So um, tell us what fruits are a better choice. So apples are always a good go-to. Apples, cherries, uh, cranberries, grapes are awesome. Um, you know, they are, they're teeny tiny and you can, you know, you can actually chew on a grape for a very long time and enjoy it, um, which uh, really helps. Um and berry pies, like you see a lot of berry pies. Yes. So again, berry pie is a good option. Apple pie is a is a good option. 
So these these are some of the go-tos instead of going for that pumpkin pie or the sweet potato pie. If it's if it's double boiled sweet potatoes, you can have a small piece. Again, moderation is the key. You cannot have a large piece. You cannot have uh, an eighth of a pie or a fourth of a pie. Can't have the whole pie. <laughs> you can't have the whole pie. Uh, even if it is an apple pie or a uh, cherry pie, try to keep it like a two uh, a two by two kind of a piece, two inch by two inch piece. Um, so that would satisfy your craving, and you you still feel like you've indulged in something sweet. But it, a small amount is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, well, everything is in moderation. And, um, you know, one of the things you hate to really admit, but a lot of the pastries um, are high in phosphorus. So when you're eating the pie, you got to be careful that you don't eat all the crust and not the filling, right? <laughs> correct, correct. You're right. I know. I'm like, you know, the kidney diet really does suck. I mean, I have to say that. If anybody's listening and, and then if you have diabetes on top of it, it it can really oh. be challenging. But it's really helpful when family members can help us, too, and, you know, prepare food that meets the guidelines we need. Because, I don't know, everything tastes better when somebody else makes it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about beverages, so you have eggnog, which I imagine is full of phosphorus, right? Yes, it is, because it's made with milk. <laughs> so if you have a little eggnog and, you know, make sure you take a phosphate binder with it, just because it's a drink doesn't mean you can't treat it. You have to treat it like a high phosphorus food, right? Correct. You do. So there are, But then there are beverages that are safe for you to have. Um, water is obviously a safe beverage. You can also have fruit-infused water. Uh, that's okay. Iced teas are okay. Sparkling water gives it a little twist, um, you know, so you don't feel like it's boring water. Um, you can also, uh, you know, you can take some maybe uh, some fruit juice like apple or cranberry and add a little bit of uh, sparkling water to it. Or you can add a little bit of, it's, uh, say, um, right to it to give it that little fuzz and uh, but make sure that the whole uh, your whole drink is no more than four ounces uh, or half a cup because again that is counted as your fluid in your if you are on a fluid restriction that is counted as a fluid so anything that you have to remember anything that is at room temperature liquid is counted in your fluid restriction. It is, and, and one of the things I did is I would freeze like cranberry juice and apple juice and then put that in my glass, like make a big glass of that, and then it would kind of melt. And mm. I could drink that at a slower pace because when you eat or drink more salt or sugar, you get thirstier, and it's very easy to take a big gulp. And and just say, oh, I'm not going to count that one. And I have this great story because one of um one of my friends that I was uh, dialyzed with when I was a uh, in my teens, um, he would gain all this weight. And every time he would just say, they say, where are you getting all this fluid from? And he would say, Papa gave it to me. Papa gave it to me. And everybody was kind <laughs> of kind of afraid to challenge that because he, he didn't have a Papa. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't. He kept saying, Papa gave it to me. Papa gave it to me. And then all of a sudden they realized that Papa was his left hand. <laughs> so he had in his mind anything he drank with his left hand didn't count. 
And I thought that was pretty ingenious. Um, um, <laughs> so uh, um, I know um, we we do do some mental gymnastics to be in denial, and and I'm um, somebody who does that well. What about like wine or alcohol? Now with wine and alcohol, because it has so many interactions with medications, it's always good to check with your doctor. Right. Yeah, you have to check and make sure you don't take it when you're taking your meds. Um, and I, I mean, you know, we all like to have a drink during the holidays. And uh, is do you know of red wi- red wine or white wine? I mean, I, I guess they got to really find out what's your preference. But it it can contain um, potassium, right? Yes, because again, it comes from grapes, and it's a concentrated uh, source of grapes. And so again, it's always. A small amount is okay once in a while, but always check with your doctor to make sure that it's okay for you to be on, to have some alcohol. Well, and beer is like high in phosphorus. Oh, I mean, beer is one of the worst. Isn't it? I mean, it is. You just got to go for the Jack Daniels, I guess. I don't know. Just go for a... <laughs> <laughs> um, the reality is, is people like to drink during the holidays. I'm not a big drinker. I'm like a little teetotaler who like has a wimpy drink and then, and then you know, that's it. And I go to... Um, I love sparkling water with... Um, you know, I love the fruit infused one, but I need somebody to cut the fruit up for me and put it in there. So I'm a little lazy. On right. That. But, right. Um, and then, you know, some of the sodas like diet seven up diet sprite but i've even learned like some of the like teas you buy are so high in phosphorus you have to fresh brew your tea and because they have so many additives anything that's on the shelf for a long time has phosphorus in it and that's just the reality very true so we have to be very uh, very uh, conscious about this and uh uh, you know, make sure that uh, you have the beverages. And that's why sticking to water or sparkling water, which is fruit-infused, is one of the best uh, options, I feel, because, you know, it has got us created it beautifully. <laughs> it it nourishes you, it uh, uh, replenishes you, and it takes away your thirst. You know, the way water can take away your thirst, nothing else can. Exactly. Have you noticed that? It's water is the key. I mean, it, it, it truly is. And and I actually love water. I didn't love it for many years because I, I don't know. I just, you just get used to the taste and you, you know, you can flavor it, do different things. But I, I need a bottle of water, um, several bottles of water a day to be satisfied. So I thought maybe we would wrap up and this would be kind of fun. But let's say it's a special occasion. It doesn't have to be the holidays. But what would you tell us what you would have at a special occasion meal that's renal friendly? So, uh, a renal friendly meal, you know, it's a special occasion, you're going all out, budget is unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would probably have a small piece of meat, um, maybe a size of uh, a, a portion for meat for me would be, um, anything that fits in the size of your palm uh, about a deck of cards thick. And, and I wanted to ask, what about shrimp? Is shrimp, shrimp is everywhere. Is shrimp a good option? Shrimp, actually shrimp is a high phosphorus food because it is, it's a crustacean or it has, it has a little shell on it. It's a shellfish. And so shrimp is okay to have if you can just stop at maybe four or five pieces of shrimp. 
Okay. Well, I didn't know that. So fish is a better option than crab or shrimp. I actually I learned yes. something new. Yes. Anything that lives in a, in a shell. And similarly, like nuts, we didn't talk about the nuts, which oh, yeah. are very often oh, served at a, at a table, maybe on the appetizer table, or it is uh, used in the stuffing a lot of times. Uh, you know, they add nuts to it. So be very, be, be conscious of that because nuts also, because they are in a shell, they're high in phosphorus. Uh, is there a lower phosphorus nut? A lower phosphorus nut? Um, <laughs> no, probably not, but... <laughs> I still have to come across that one. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I love, I mean, you know, it is, it's nuts are incredibly good. Ah, man. Okay, I'll continue to your meal. <laughs> All right, so coming back to the meal, I would say... Uh, portion size, again, you know, uh, definitely matters. So a small piece of fish or, um, or a piece of meat, uh, it, I'm vegetarian, so that is a very different thing for me. For me, it would be tofu. <laughs> is tofu high in phosphorus? Tofu is high in phosphorus, but again, if you have a small piece of tofu, okay. which is like, you know, in, uh, in some sort of a, um, I, I usually make mine in a curry. So okay. I would go for that. Maybe uh, I cut up my pieces uh, one inch by one inch. So I'll take maybe three or four pieces of that. Uh, a scoop of, uh, uh, a little scoop of rice or stuffing. Um, a scoop of rice would be something like the size of a computer mouse to okay. put it in perspective. I like Same, similarly, too. I would, yeah. And similarly, I would take something like that, that, that amount of vegetable to go with it. So that would be my dinner plate. And for drinks, I would have a small, uh, like a juice cup, you know, the small four-ounce cups that you have, uh, maybe a small cup of water with that meal, and then definitely take my binder first. Because most people who are on dialysis actually have a, a liter that they can drink, which comes to about two tall glasses of water a day, if you look at it. Yeah, 1,000 cc's. A liter is 1,000 cc's. 1,000 cc's, and, equivalent to four eight-ounce cups. I know, and it's just, you know, that's the size of a big gulp, basically. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So big gulps are definitely, that big gulp is, is your fluid restriction for the day. I know. It's not for one meal. <laughs> I know, it so, is. So it's... that's what my, that, that would be my meal, uh, whether it is a special occasion or a regular day or a party that I attend, uh, or it's a holiday meal. I basically, I, I generally, what I tend to do is cut, in my mind, I kind of separate, I portion size my plate uh, into four size, four portions. One portion for the meat, one portion for the uh, starch, whether it's rice or whatever else, one portion for the vegetable, and one portion for the fruit. Okay, and then what about dessert? <laughs> Dessert, like I said, dessert would be uh, maybe a two by two, two inch by two inch piece of apple pie or cherry pie. Um, or if there's cake, if there, if, if there is a, um, angel food cake, you could have a nice slice of that because angel food cake is only egg white, it's high in protein. So, uh, and you know, you can have that and some berries with it. Yeah, that's good. And some and maybe cream. some cool with. And yeah. maybe some cool whip. Now no whipped you're cream, cool whip. Well, okay? and, because oh, because your regular whipped cream comes from dairy, right? It's right. It comes. It's a dairy product. So a cool whip is a better option. Well, and um, maybe we should just before we wrap up talk a little bit about how important it is. 
for friends and family to really understand the diet and help us. Because, you know, there's nothing worse than going somewhere. And um, I've often asked when people come to my house for an event, I say, do you have any diet requirements? And if they do, because people have gluten-free, everybody has different things going on. And I make an effort to always have choices for them. And... And when I go somewhere, if I know when I was on dialysis at the time, I would offer to bring something that was renal friendly to just have something on the table. And it's also a way to educate people about kidney disease. You know, a lot of people are clueless about it. So how important is that? I would say it's extremely important. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it in three different stages. For the person who has the kidney disease, that's an excellent idea that you brought up, Laurie, that you can bring a kidney-friendly dish to share. Bring uh, So that way, if you are bringing your, you're also bringing something to the table, right? So right. You're, you're trying to be nice to the host. Uh, and the other thing that the kidney patient should remember is always remember to take your prosperous binders. For the person who's making the food for you, for the cook and you, Always use foods that are from scratch. So that way you can control how much salt and phosphorus is in them. Like you said, a lot of them are pre-brined or have a lot of phosphorus juices. Uh, you know, they are pumped up with phosphorus to be able to give that flavor and to keep the meat moist maybe or to um, keep the shelf life of that food. So cooking from scratch, buying food that is fresh always eliminates that whole thing. Uh, you can always use um, frozen vegetables or, you know, instead of using canned or right. packaged foods, uh, using herbs and spices instead of salt. And then, again, serving the sauces on the side so that you can control how much is available to you or to your guests. Uh, and just enjoying being around people and enjoying your guests uh, serving that kidney-friendly meal to your guests, okay, uh, if you're the cook. Now, if you are a family who's hosting, for for the family, I think the key is to communicate. That is right. that will improve your success with your, with your party. So make sure, like you said, that your guests are comfortable and make sure you know what the guests are coming with. If they have a gluten allergy or they have... Uh, a nut allergy, or if they are dealing with CKD or kidney disease, uh, share as much nutrition um, uh, knowledge with your host as much as possible. And then another thing is, uh, again, the host can serve things on the side so that the person who's attending your party can enjoy the food, but in a small amount and not be overwhelmed with it. So that your guest who is dealing with this kidney disease sees that you are being supportive and you are wanting them to be there to be able to meet their goals as well. Exactly. You know, it does come down to communication because there's been situations where, you know, holidays are kind of hard anyways. I mean, let's just let's just face it. Um, and even if you don't have an illness, it can be hard for people. And then you you couple in the issue of people not really understanding your particular brand of illness or requirements can feel a little bit, you know, make you feel a little feel feel a little sad. So 
um, it's really important to communicate and say, hey, how about if I bring some deviled eggs or, you know, that, um, you know, I'm on dialysis and I have some diet requirements. Um, can I bring something to the party so I can have something to eat? And or uh, maybe the host will say, oh, well, what can you eat? And then have some things to be able to share, like some recipes and different right. things to email to the host of this is what I can have. And and I know most of the time people feel really good about making you happy and meeting your diet requirements. Nobody wants you to get sick. So, you are um, so right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So right. And just like enjoy food, the holidays. Food represents, yeah, food represents culture, tradition, celebration. It symbolizes family, community, and all of the above, right? So right. It's a very important part. It's a very important part of people's lives. But we do have to be sensitive with people who are dealing with kidney disease. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Communication is definitely the key. Well, thank you, Lubna, for sharing your um, experience, your knowledge. And also, you know, you speak from experience because you've lived it. <laughs> so, yes, been there, done that. <laughs> exactly. All right. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.